0: Episode two. Episode two. You know what? Actually, I heard uh, a stat on Instagram this morning. What's that? That the average podcast does not go more than 10 podcasts. And there's over 300. You mean 10 episodes? 10 episodes, you mean. And then there's 3 million podcasts, like links, names, but only 300,000 are active.
1: Oh, well, look at that.
0: So we just got to get past 10.
1: It might be 300,001. Yeah, three hundred thousand and one. Yeah, watch yeah. out! Episode all right, two. here we go. Growing kids, God's way. God's way. What Change, is that? Change the game for What is us. that? Yeah. Uh,
0: how we discovered it, or what is it? Well, both. Both. I discovered it. We're at a friend's house uh, for like a little Bible study, and they had three kids, and they told them to go to bed, and they all got up, brushed their teeth, and about ten minutes later, I am walking down the hallway to go to the restroom. And they're like, two of them are sitting in bed, just like, they're like, just uh, waiting. Yeah, yeah, waiting. I'm like, how did you do that? And the guy goes, uh, growing kids God's way. I was like, I think we need that. And so uh, we were talking about having kids and we were in church one day and the pastor said they're going to start growing kids God's way. Bible study. So we did it.
1: Yeah, it's 18 weeks. It was intense, but It was definitely a game changer. And I feel like the first portion of the Bible study really focuses on building the marriage and setting uh, healthy routines there and just um, a good example of what it looks like to lead your children, you know, and it's not necessarily about, you know, um, pounding church into them or scripture after scripture. It's leading by example and really what that looks like. And the focus there for our family is to build a relationship with God, not because we tell you, but because you feel that. And I know that for our kids, um, we have a nine-year-old, a four-year-old and a 10-month-old. And our nine-year-old is just so passionate about her faith and building that relationship with God. And I think for Matea, her sweetheart is so tender because she um, is so passionate about life and people. She has this compassion for people that is honestly, I feel like effortless and so sweet. And I think it really stems from her relationship with God and our four-year-old. You know, everything Big Sister does, she wants to do also. And I love that. Matea being the oldest has really stepped into that leadership role for her siblings also to build that relationship with God. And that's just really special to see as a, a parent and, you know, foster those relationships as they grow and evolve because they constantly are changing. And I feel like in the 18 week, um, study, we pulled so many great things out of it. And we've now done it three times. We let it mm-hmm. once and then I took it ourselves three times. And in that Each time we pulled out different things that were relevant in our life at that time that we maybe didn't see in the time before last or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like even we're due to do it again because now we're at a whole different level with now, you know, emotions escalating and maturing and just handling that dynamic of parenting very differently, too. And we're in a household full of girls. There's a lot of estrogen
0: lot of estrogen. (laughs) and Also, if you do Growing Kids God's Way, uh, don't let the uh, outdated uh, videos get you. They're actually kind of funny, though. That style's
1: uh, came back and gone, like, multiple times now. That is true. It's it's uh, timeless.
0: Pleated khakis, a lot of of that, a lot of starch iron and all that stuff.
1: Even if you don't do the study, it's so worth reading the book. And we're not readers, but that was something that kept us engaged. And, I mean, we did the full 18 weeks both Mm -hmm. times three times. Yeah. So it was good. Um, But yeah, I want to use examples referencing the study, but also in our day-to-day parenting, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Don't even think we're trying to be up here and lead you to believe something it's not. But for us, we really feel like instilling these biblical, godly morals in our children um, are, you know, I feel like more powerful when we lead them by example and mm-hmm. one thing we do in our household we call it family dinner we actually stopped going to church on Sundays um, a while back and for no other reason other than that is our one day of rest in our family it's the one day that we are all home together and really focus on you know having a day of rest and I think for us It was important to protect that time as much as we love church, we love our church and going to church. We really needed a day off to just reset and refresh. And um, Mark has his routine on Sundays. He goes and runs the stadiums with his boys. And, you know, the girls and I have couch time in the morning till he gets home. And then. Sundays are kind of just our family day, and that's a good focus for us. But Sunday evenings, we host a family dinner in our backyard, and it can range from 10 people to 45 people. It really just depends on who's in town and who's available, and the kids run amok and just have time together, and Mark cooks tacos. And what is your favorite part about family dinner? Do you feel like it's helping in growing our kids in the way that we want them to be um, led, I guess.
0: You know, to have, we have about 40 to 50 people over and it's like all walks of life and we invite new people over every week. Um, And so our kids get to meet other people and adapt and do those things. And we just uh, come together together Uh, Before dinner and pray, we all hold hands in a big circle and the kids look forward to it. And it's one of those things that uh, we hope as parents that when they get older, they um, always do those things. And they remember all the Sunday dinners that we were all hanging out. And uh, it was funny as uh, we have a good mixture of uh, kids with boys and girls. And so they all get along and they and we all kind of parent the same. And so um, it's just cool to see that and the different uh, people that we invite and and get to know, and it's just uh, kind of cool to break bread that way because a lot of people don't go to church and that kind of thing, so they kind of get a little church at the Gentry House.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, in 2020 when church kind of came We're shut down, really. Um, We were fortunate enough to have this beautiful orchard to host church in. And we did that about every other week during the summertime. And it was something our family looked forward to. And even friends who didn't attend church regularly, they would come and just fellowship and be in community with us. And I felt like that was so healthy for us at that time, living in such an unhealthy world Mm -hmm. and creating that stability and consistency for our kids. We can tell them all day long, do this, this, and this, or you don't do this, this, and this. But if we're not leading them by example, it goes in one ear and out the other. But when we live it and create that connection with them, that's something that people tell me all the time, like how they enjoy watching Matea worship, and she doesn't care who is in the room. That girl can get down at in a cafeteria, in the backseat of the car, in the shower. She is happy to sing to God and at any time or place or, you know, in front of any audience, she really is just so content building that relationship with God. And I think that's something so sweet about her that I love. And you just feel it, you know, from her. Um, It's not something she has to tell you. It's just a presence of God that you feel. Mm-hmm.
0: Um she definitely doesn't fake it. No, it's, that's it's for real. sure.
1: Yeah. But then she also tells you exactly how she feels if she needs to, you know, and building these confident personalities, raising women um is so important. I remember on Mother's Day, my mom hugged Mark and said, "Just think, Mark, you brought three more mothers into the world." Potentially, three more mothers into the world. And he's like, "Wow." That's right. I did do that. (laughs) Like if we had anything to do with it, but really it's a good way to think of it. Like, you know, everything God places in your life is on purpose and Mm -hmm. what you choose to do with it is a choice and also a choice to ignore the responsibility. If you want, you know, I feel like we live in a world that it's so easy to not parent, you know, dismiss, yeah. Dismiss parenting with, an iPad or entertainment or whatever it may be, instead of really getting down at their level and making the effort. And we are all guilty of it Mm -hmm. because it is, it's easy to, you know, pacify them with something else. But for us, it's making a conscious effort to be present and be available. Right.
0: No, I, I agree. I mean, the easiest thing to do nowadays is put it on like the TV or, you know, iPads and those kind of things. It was actually the other night we got home kind of late and, the baby was crying and Sailor was crying and all that. And I told Bree, I was like, I don't want to parent right now. Like, <laughs> I do not want to do this. Check out. <clears throat> yeah. Check out. And I was like counting down the minutes until they went to bed. But, you know, it's so easy. But at the same time, it, these days go by so fast. Mm-hmm. And um, they say in Growing Kids God's Way, the first like five, six years are the most important because that's when they learn like all the morals and why they should and shouldn't do something. And so... You kind of look at the, you know, CODA's 10 months and Salo's four years and, you know, a couple more years and, and they're going to kind of have their own personality or they already have the personalities, but they're going to have their own things of what they believe in and and how they believe it. So it's very important to pour in your kids right now.
1: Well, and it's not just molding their minds. You know, you can tell a child no. No is actually an answer, I believe, in our household. It's like, no, don't touch the remote. It's no coda we're not going to touch the remote because this can hurt you these batteries can hurt you this is not for coda and then just deflecting and teaching her for what is for coda and so it's not like the answer is no it's we're going to do this instead and teach her heart to know that it is not for her and not tell her no you know and i think that's overused I see all the time just in interacting with other parents. And, you know, if you tell your kid, no, I'm not saying you're a bad parent. I'm saying that it's easy to do that rather than get at their level and teach them and train their heart so that when you're not looking, they know, no, that's not for me. Not because you're there telling them, but because their heart is trained, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah that was the big one in Growing Kids God's Way. They, they had two examples of uh, one kid was running around in church. And the parents said, just stop doing that. Stop, stop, stop. And the other kid was running around church and the parents said, stop because you're going to hit someone or you might trip and fall. So they explained the, the um, why. Yeah, the why of it. And so that's probably the biggest thing for me as a as a man, because you just want to say, no, stop. And so they also believe in growing kids God's way to not baby proof anything because you have to get on their level and tell them why they're not supposed to open the cabinet, why they're not supposed to do that. It takes a little bit more time, but it is pretty amazing Uh, As they get a little older, um, they don't touch anything. They don't open the cabinets. They kind of know why they shouldn't do something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's like going to a friend's house. Oh, do I need to put up the candle or this or that? It's like, well, we have candles in our house. I wouldn't say you need to go and rearrange your house because my children are here. Yeah. And that is important to me. Now, when other children come to our house, we're like, ah, move all the glass.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why we don't have we don't have anything expensive in our house. It's, it's right. Everything it's all, can be broken.
1: Yeah, it can all be replaced. Yeah. It's very livable. But I think it's good. And you know, Matea, we used to live on a busy street. And I remember one example so clearly of uh, something went into the street. Let's just say it was a ball. I don't remember what it was. And she walked up to the sidewalk running excited. And she pumped the brakes so quick at the edge of the sidewalk and looked back and waited for me I didn't have to say no stop right there she knew I mean no cars were coming so it was fine but she turned and looked at me and waited for my go-ahead before she even stepped her foot into the gutter and obviously I was there with her and we you know brought the ball or whatever back but it just was like a moment of like oh yes it's working. She's hearing Mm -hmm. us, she's seeing what we're teaching her, and she's actually utilizing it in her everyday life in the little moments, even when we don't think so. And that could be something that could have ended very differently for us had she not stopped, you know? And so it just was, um, I think, positive feedback for me to see, okay, she really is getting it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's worth getting down on their level or on your knee and teaching them about the remote and why it could hurt them or whatever, you know? And just training their heart to be obedient. It says the first way you teach your child to obey is teaching them to sleep. CODA is very defiant (laughs) at 10 months old, not sleeping. But our other two were great sleepers, and they still are great sleepers, which I'm so thankful for because you need that as parents, you Mm -hmm. know. So, yeah, I feel like that's powerful.
0: Bree was in the hospital uh, sleep training our babies, and the nurse was like, what are you doing? Bree's like, I have to go back in 10 days to work, so they need to sleep. And Brie is probably the best sleep queen that Can get the kids <laughs> down. man. It's pretty amazing. No. But it works, but you just got to stay on top of it.
1: Yeah, totally. And you need that as a parent to refresh. And also right now in our life, we're making a conscious effort to have 30 minutes at the end of our day together. And to do that, it's organizing the circus to go to sleep so that we can get that and it's hard there's some days we're like okay we failed we didn't make it but the days that it does work and you know we look forward to that too so much as a couple so i think that's important and one thing we do with our children and they look forward to it is we pray with them every time we get on a road trip when we're in the car and on the freeway we pray for a safe trip there and a safe trip home and they all know it's coming it's almost like if we don't pray soon enough they're like mom aren't you gonna pray yeah we are before we go to bed, every night we pray. Before dinner, before, you know, big things, it's exciting. But we also want to acknowledge why we're doing this. And, you know, putting God in everything that we do is important to us as a family and building those, um, those I don't want to say even habits, but like life routine mm-hmm. is very important, you know.
0: I like looking at it as like small wins every day, you mm-hmm. know. And that's what I kind of live by, by getting up every morning at a certain time and, You know, eating breakfast, going to the gym, doing those things. And that's kind of like with our kids, too. It's like small wins every day are going to add up to big things in the future. And doing like little things, you know, like praying, uh, going on dates, uh, taking time, those kind of things that they're going to remember and they're going to do for a long time. And hopefully um, they'll be better for it. Absolutely. And I think
1: too, you know, going through the growing kids God's way and not only having the background in health and fitness that you do, it was really important to us to um, instill healthy habits with our children's eating, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. routines too. And that can change the game for them. If it's a zoo day and, you know, we're all over the place and they, you know, junk here and there, they act like that too. They act like crap you know and so there's a lot of times we're like oh we got to get on top of it they can't have this this or this and usually it comes from you know poe took them on an adventure to get a slurpee and then grandma didn't know they did that so she gave them this or whatever and it's like all these things add up at the end of the day they wonder why they feel like crap and Mm -hmm. we know so our kids are pretty good if you put you know carrots and cucumbers in front of them and a fruit roll up they will want the good food just as much as they want the fruit roll-up, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, those are things that I think they also, too, know. Like, sometimes they'll just tell me, Mom, I think I need something healthy. Mm-hmm. It's Like, yeah, I think you do, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that comes from us leading by example and eating those yeah. things to ourselves.
0: I think that's, for me, making myself the uh, number one asset, meaning taking care of myself, which then takes care of my marriage and then takes care of my kids, And I think a lot of parents get trapped and they're like, you know, well, I'll take care of myself as soon as my kids get older or they get back in school, whatever it might be. And it's like you always have to put yourself as the priority and then your marriage and then your kids come third. I know it sounds really bad, but to make them to make to make yourself the best you can be, the best parent to show up, the best business owner, the best husband, you have to put yourself first. And um, a lot of people I see, they they put their kids first, right? And that kind of hurts them in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, no, and I think going back to the couple that introduced us to this study, I remember him point blank just telling me, do not forget they are a guest in your home and one day they're going to leave and you're going to need to know what to do.
0: Yeah, I was like, that's kind of harsh.
1: I know, and I thought, oh my God, we are raising them up to leave us and it's hard to believe but it's so true you want to create that independence so that the moments that you're not there they're still just as strong of people you know yeah it's important so anyways we don't do it all right and we're still learning as we go and Mm -hmm. there's been hard lessons we've had to take away from just being in the moment and making the wrong choice but you know really knowing we're doing it together and we're making the best effort that we can um, to raise them in the way that we want them to live Uh, We can only do that by leading by example. And so, um, you know, breaking bread and growing kids God's way and family dinners and, you know, prayer. Those are all important things to us to um, help build that biblical moral character. And, um, you know, somebody said something to me like the greatest like testimony of one's life is their their the legacy they leave behind, which live through their children. Mm-hmm. And I recently lost a, a friend of mine, lost her mom, and she's a mother of three daughters. And that hit really close to home for me because I am one of three daughters. You know, I have a brother also, but my mom is a mother of three daughters. I myself am a mother of three daughters. And my calling is so important as their mother. And you, it, when my friend lost her mom, it just hit me so hard that one day that will be me. Or one day I may be the one to leave my three daughters. And I want to make sure that what I leave them with are these life lessons that will continue on when I'm not going to be there to hold their hand, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's been kind of a weird few months for me living with that heavy on my heart. But it, I can tell you, it's making me show up more as a parent,
0: Yeah, you know? I, yeah, I feel like little things in life always make you kind of snap out of it and, it, you know, it, if it's a death in the family or something happens, a sickness, it kind of like, oh, like this is pretty short. I remember, I remember my dad telling me maybe like maybe like uh, two years ago that he's like, you know, I've only got like 10, 15 good more years left. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm 66 years old. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you realize like, you know, that's, you know, 10 birthdays and 10 Christmases. And you're like, man, like you got to really enjoy the time that you have with your kids, your parents, everyone, because... Make Man, make it could it be count. be gone today, and so yeah. uh, uh, that's I think that's my biggest takeaway from from the kids being young, and you sometimes you know you, you sometimes can't wait till they get older and you know be on their own and those kind of things, and then you're like wait a minute, just kind of enjoy these moments. You know, like our middles learn how to swim, and she wants uh, she always wants our help, and it's kind of you know sometimes you're like ah no I'm good. But then you're like, hey, like, this is going to last maybe one summer. Yeah. You know, and, and and enjoy this, and then she'll never need your help again. Ugh, you know, I hate to so, say that. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's true. Well, they're good people, and um, I feel incredibly blessed that God chose us mm-hmm. to be their people, you know. And so every day we pray God's protection and grace over them because uh, we're not doing it all right, but we're figuring it out as we go, right? Yep.
0: It's, it's, yeah. For me, it's very hard. Uh, sometimes because, you know, it's, you want to be like a little selfish in the sense of like, you want to do like what you want to do. And a lot of times your kids kind of put you in check in that aspect, right? You're always in a hurry and you're, and your kids forgot their shoes or they're arguing, whatever it might be. And, and so, um, just kind of, you know, just knowing that this is all for a bigger purpose and, and that we are raising three humans to lead one day and, and be a great example. And, and so that's, that's what I got to keep in forefront of my mind.
1: That's right. Well, I think that's a wrap for episode two and just a glimpse of the parenting that uh, we do behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. Because, you know, I think it's important to make those connections and help them grow.
0: If you ever see us out and our kids are arguing, uh, that's not us. And so that never happens. <laughs> so uh, no, uh, joking. Oh, but yeah. No. So thank you for tuning in and come back for podcast number three.
1: Three. Three. All right.